Welcome to the Frontline Response to Health and Homelessness podcast series. This series is based upon the articles published in the March 2020 edition of Parity magazine. It gives voice to those with lived experience of homelessness, those working on the front line, and those that support the sector in delivering services to people who are homeless. My name is Dan Fleming, and I'm delighted to introduce our host, John Willis, who leads the inclusive health team for St Vincent's Health Australia. John will introduce our guests in a moment. As we're recording during the COVID-19 pandemic, John and our guests will be with us by phone for this episode. John Willis, over to you. Thanks, Dan. Afternoon, Spike and Yasmin. How are you? Good, Dan. I'm good, thank you. Well, this will be our first interview on this series. It's going to have two people um, being interviewed at the same time. So bear with me as we progress and I'll be quite clear about asking each of you individual questions to give you both a bit of air time. But let me introduce you. This is um, a podcast series uh, where we are talking to a whole different bunch of people that provided articles to this parody magazine and thanks for your time. Your article in this, in this edition gets almost the award for the longest title. Minimising the harm of rough sleep, sleeping, integrating the lived experience into addressing the health, legal and social risks of primary homelessness. So a nice big mouthful there. But Spike, you're a peer worker with CoHealth and CoHealth is a, a very large community health service working across a range of local government areas in Melbourne. And Jasmine, you're a participant in the working group that was brought together as part of this project. So thank you both for being part of this conversation. So Spike, if I can start with you, can you tell us how you became a peer worker and then give us a brief overview of this project that you've been working on and what you're trying to achieve? Um, peer work um, for me came from um, my own, I had a few issues with housing um, and uh, yeah, and, and so um, I eventually got into study and got some support from a fantastic peer worker who um, helped me through a really difficult time that I had with my health. Um, and so I, I really appreciate the role of the peer worker. And a peer worker is someone that has had a lived experience who then goes into the health system to provide um, support for people that, are, that may be facing challenging times themselves. And it's basically a support role that it's, you're basically a sounding board and, and hopefully a voice for the person that's having a lived experience who, who may need support and, and just it's someone to bounce stuff off. I, I was very lucky to have a great worker at, at an important stage in my life. I was lucky to be a member of the, the peer education support program at the Council of the Homeless Persons, where I, Brilliant. where it was a supported role. There's a great um, peer support worker there named Kat. It's been fantastic and gave us some really good guidance and support. And um, it led to some um, volunteer work and eventually from part-time. Now I work four days a week in Allied Health and on the project. And the project, the project came about because of the, the background, just quickly, there was a lot, Melbourne in 2017, there was a lot of activism. Um, there, was, there was house occupied um, on Bendigo Street. There were some people that um, who were using the salvos that occupied the city square. 
And then a few months later, there was the people doing the tennis. There's a lot of rough sleepers who occupied the footpath on Flinders Street, trying to make, you know, um, trying to raise awareness of the fact that there were very few people believe that, you know, that they need to be, that they want to let the community know that they felt safer together, that they they need to be that, that toilets are really important, that lights are really important, and that they want long term accommodation. So. The resource, oh, sorry, the project, the project was about developing a, a dialogue and to address the housing, legal and social impacts of sleeping rough because there was an attempt to change the local camping laws which would have made it illegal to be asleep on the footpath and thank goodness the community, the health community, the, the support agencies, got together with members of the homeless community to, to campaign against that. And so, thank goodness, we're now not charging people for being asleep on, on, at a park. So the, oh. the project, I, um, yeah, was, I think, a great, a fantastic, um, a fantastic opportunity to develop a relationship with people that are um, having a lived experience of homelessness in the, in the city of Melbourne finding out what their needs are from them and developing um, a dialogue so that we're working, you know, so services, the City of Melbourne and people having a lived experience are working together to address what is a major social injustice. Fantastic, Spike. Thanks for that. That gives us a really good overview of what this particular project is and, and the importance of um, your role within it. Thank you, mate. So... Yasmin, if I can come to you now, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and uh, just as much as you feel comfortable with, of course, and then your role in this project? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have a lived experience of um, homelessness and it was, it was caused by uh, severe uh, family violence. Um, yep. So uh, I was homeless for... Uh, approximately four years, and um, yeah, and and in that time, I I I really struggled, and um, I was I was lucky enough to find a really really fantastic, amazing support worker, and um, she yeah, she was amazing, and just just built me up as a, as a human being, and. Um, you know, I, I I got housed and uh, got my kids back, and I got clean. Um, I I was studying all last year, um, doing my cert for in community services, and I was lucky enough and very grateful to find a wonderful organisation that um, took me in for my work placement, and they actually offered me a job this year. So, um, oh, fabulous. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 been a roller coaster for a number of years, but um, yeah, some amazing things have happened since then. So, Yasmin, one of the things we've spoken to another person um, on this podcast series about um, being homeless, and one of the things he did talk about was trauma, and yeah. how a, a number of people have lived on the street of. Um, being survivors of trauma, um, very significant trauma. You just mentioned a little bit there yourself. Is that something that you feel is a common or one of the common experiences for people who are homeless? Oh, absolutely. Um, 
you know, particularly family violence. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard enough to um, escape family violence, um, but I think a massive thing is, you know, a lot of women trying to escape family violence will often go and stay with friends or families and then the perpetrator will track them down and, and, and then they've really got no option but just to kind of go onto the street and, and be away from anyone that mm. they know. And I think um, that's a massive, massive yeah. struggle because it's just, yeah, it's it's crazy what some people have to do to, to escape family violence. And a lot of the time it's, it's winding up on the street and homeless and just not knowing what to do. Yeah. And during this COVID-19 thing where people have been told to stay at home, yeah. not, necess- not necessarily a great message for some people, but we'll come to that later because I've got a question about COVID later on. But okay. if I can go back to Spike now, um, if I can ask you, Spike, in the article, you, you talk about um, people who have experienced an episode of homelessness as the experts in their own lives. And, we, and you've used this term and take a co-design approach to creating this resource. Could you talk a little bit about what does co-design actually mean? What, what do you mean when you take a co-design approach? So I, I think co-design, or as far as the project team is concerned, co-design is crucial to addressing the, the, A, the power imbalances that exist between services, city officials and, and people having a lived experience. And, and it's providing people that are having a lived experience with a forum, a, um, a site where they can contribute and, um, and, and, and share what they're going through with people that have the resources to do something about it. And so the, the co-design, it, 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 it values um, as, uh, cooperation, um, the sharing of power, um, listening, active listening, um, um, making sure that it's that whatever the, that the group is working on is sustainable and that we're providing support for, for folks because talking about what can be sometimes, tra- sometimes traumatic, traumatic experiences can be tough. And co-design is admitting that professionals and the clinical model, don't, they don't always have the answers. But sometimes yeah. we need to look to our, our, um, the people that are having lived experience and, and, and give them the opportunity to share with us what their needs are because it can be an isolating experience and, and, and people face a lot of discrimination. So it's really important. The project is about addressing, addressing those issues and giving people that are having a lived experience an opportunity to develop some skills, to develop some relationships, um, and, and not see... And, and because there's a real narrative, you know, especially in a lot of the, the tabloid media that, that's homeless people, people on welfare, aren't carrying their weight, that they're dead weight. Well, that's, mm. you know, this project proves that to be a myth. That's ridiculous. People committed their time. They committed, um, you know, a lot of energy and, and, and shared some pretty, you know, harrowing experiences with us. And so it's really important that co-design and, and working together is, yeah, it's really important that we use that method um, and that we, we talk about how important it is. Brilliant. Thanks. Thanks, Spike. And that value, everyone in society, doesn't matter where they've come from or their experience, is valuable. And particularly with people who are homeless, they've yep. got some great energy and passion to, 
and 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 you know an experience to um, increase the value of our society altogether. So thanks for that. So the other part of this particular project, you consulted with a number of agencies and you surveyed homeless people on the street, and you then you had to form this working group of people with lived experience to get their ideas. It sounds like a lot of time went into getting this right by reading your article. Um, and to get the right mix of people, because you had more offers of support than you could, could manage in this working group. Can you tell us what that process like? Was it was it difficult? Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I found that to be one of the most challenging parts. Well, we did as a team, Bridget and I, found that to be incredibly challenging. Um, you know, it was hard, as I yeah, that to hard to knock 61 into 12. I mean, sorry, sorry, six, yeah, 61 people that we, we interviewed, 81, 61 of them, so 80%, I thought, yeah. Wow. Were team, yeah. You know, and it was overwhelming, uh, John, and, mm. you know, it was a four-part, so we, we introduced the issue to them during the interview, the initial survey. We then conducted a phone interview with them. We spoke, to, we asked for their consent and spoke to services they used about, about how they could... And we asked them how they dealt with stress, how they felt about um, talking in public about their lived experience, how they felt about having um, share, looking at other people's responses. Are they interested in participating? Um, we also had to fulfil you know quotas of representation that people who are gay, bisexual that were represented, um, indigenous people were represented, um, young people were represented, people over fifty were represented. Um, there's also in in the rough sleeping action plan uh, the, the um, rough this is one of the this so one of the things that co-design co doesn't do is focus a lot on numbers it's more on people's qualitative experience but mm. one of the things that's come out of the Victorian state government's action plan is when they've looked at the population of people sleeping rough they've broken it down into three sort of groups people that have got onto just newly got onto the street people who have faced intermittent sleep, uh, rough episodes of rough sleeping, and people that um, have been uh, long-term rough sleeping. And so we also had to have those um, groups represented. And, and there's also the street count for the numbers that we used to give us a guide. So, yes, that was a difficult process, and but something... I suppose it's more of a scientific issue for people that want to replicate, I think. And, and I suppose in fairness that... That would give everyone equal equal airtime, but yeah, representation. Yep. Yes. Back to you, Yasmin. You were a member of this working group. Um, what was your experience of being on this working group? How did it go? Oh, look, it was amazing. Um, I must admit, going into it, I was a little bit nervous um, because, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I knew that um, a number of people on the working group were still sleeping rough and I wasn't so I think there was a little bit of uh, kind of survivor's guilt um, happening oh, okay. for me personally but I mean everyone in the group were just amazing amazing people and you know so, some of the stuff we did in the group <clears throat> was amazing like the the hard work Spike and Bridget put into um, you know cutting out and printing some of the, the answers that were um, answered in, in the surveys that they did and bringing them to the group 
you know, of answers of 81 different people and bringing them to the group and, and having us, you know, in pairs or uh, in groups of three or uh, whatever, go through each and every one of those um, answers or ideas um, and put them into, you know, four, five or six different categories um, and, and you know, with blue tack and putting them on, on butcher's paper up on the yep. wall and yep. and having, you know, massive discussions and, and really getting everyone thinking and, and giving their opinion and input. Um, yeah, it was just, it was awesome. It was okay. really, really awesome. So, Spike, could you tell us a little bit about the resource that this project developed? And okay, when, is, when is so, it going to be released? Okay. Um, so, the resource, so the pro, the, the, our, our remit in the project was to produce something that addresses the health, legal and social impacts of sleeping rough in the city of Melbourne through the process of working with the working group um, and looking at different, you know, we. One, one, another idea was that we employ people that have had a lived experience to do outreach. Um, um, there was some other ideas that we try and develop a drop-in centre, but the most popular idea was to produce a resource that um, that shared the the strategies, skills, and, and coping or, yeah coping mechanisms, um, and also. Um, Information that is relevant and important to people having a lived experience now that comes from peer-to-peer. -peer. That's the other value of, of co-design, that's peer-to-peer -peer information. It's, you know, Bridget and I didn't get in between. Um, it, it, we're, we're never the middle people in this sort of um, project. It was, it was about produ um, peers producing information relevant to peers. And, and so you, that means that the people in the group that were chosen to be part of the working group, that they they're clearly aware of what people are going through. Some of them were still sleeping rough, and so yeah, the the, the, the resource reflects the the um, it's changed now because of the COVID thing, so it had to be updated to, to be COVID um, sort of what's the word uh, friendly. <laughs> yes, yes, made that, um, and and so that's what put a bit of, um, a, well, not a dampener necessarily, but we're still waiting on the okay. And so if the the, late, the first issue's ready, we've got a distribution plan and we're just ready for the go-ahead um, to, to distribute it with folks. It's just this, this whole COVID thing's made it incredibly difficult. We had we were going to launch. We had a plan. A, a plan so it's also going to be a website and we were going to hold a launch every month which folks like a Barbie, so it could be read out for people that may have difficulty reading or may have brain injury or something like that. So there's a whole plan around how this is going to be shared within the community. Unfortunately, um, this whole kind of thing's made it really tough. Yeah. Really tough. Can you tell us a little bit about how you see um, what's happening to the COVID-19 situation on the streets from your perspective for homeless people? How? How's um, this particular situation impacting on people that you know? Yeah. Yasmin, from your perspective? Yeah, so um, uh, look, the whole the whole situation has made me quite angry, actually. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm so frustrated at the fact that you know all these people 
so, so many people sleeping rough, um, have nowhere to go. And, you know, it's all fine and well for people that have a home um, or have some form of accommodation, they can self-isolate. But, you know, where, where, where do people sleeping rough go? And, and you know, the, there's just not enough housing or, or you know, so, some organisations aren't, aren't, you know, aren't, aren't doing outreach anymore and, yep. and, you know, there's just, yeah, I, I feel like a lot more could be done by people that own hotels or motels and, and mm. you know, they could really work with um, service providers on, on accommodating people sleeping rough. Um, yeah, I think I'm, there is, I'm very frustrated. <laughs> yeah, look, there, look I, I feel that frustration from both of you. I think on the hotel front, I think there has been offers of hotels in Melbourne to house yes. some homeless people, um, but I'm not sure how it is travelling, but there, I definitely know there has been some offers, but let's hope there's more movement there. Look, we're just coming to the end of our time together, and thank you both for your for your sharing of your experiences in this particular project in your life stories. But the last question I'd like to ask you both, but I'll go I'll go to you, Spike, first. Okay. Can you give us an experience or a story or an encounter that inspires you and gives you hope for the future and the kind of work that you do? I, I do. I could just could I just quickly say generally that I feel um, incredibly fortunate to do what I do as to be an Allied House peer support I it's a privilege every day to be able to, to bear witness to what people are going through. And, and um, I, yeah, there are people that have gone, but just the general way that the people that I spoke to during this project, because it happens, like, as a worker, I see it every day. So I could, t I could tell you a hundred stories, John, but, mm. but I, I think generally, I just think that the, the humanity that comes out of the contact between people, between services, and people having having a lived experience, and that relationship um, is, is something that is incredibly profound. Mm. When you're able to provide support for someone, and and, and 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 you're communicating well, I think that's one of the magical parts of of life. Actually, yeah. I think it still is. Fantastic, Spike. Oh, that that sounds like you're in the right job, and and this particular project's really. Um, touched you personally. That's great, yeah. Yasmin. What about you? Yeah. Um, what's 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 a story or an encounter that's inspired and gives hope for you? So um, it's a bit about me. But um, a few years ago, while I was still sleeping rough, just before I was housed, um, I, along with a number of other people, were was at the forefront of um, the city square protest at the corner of um, Collins and Swanson Street. Um, oh, yes. Yep. Yes. And, and out of that, you know, I, I met some amazing members of the public and, and it was just phenomenal. And, you know, we as a group managed to get um, organisations on board and, and, and help people with accommodation, whether it be emergency, short-term, long-term, whatever it was. I think out of that, you know, we managed to get 27 people into accommodation that was suitable for them at that time. Um, and, yeah, look, you know, having, having people come together 
like that at that time. I think, and and me personally being able to help people like that really inspired me to to go into this line of work. And um, you know, I, I I just hope you know it, great things can can continue happening. Uh, Yasmin, it sounds like you're going to make a difference and impact on other people's lives and you sound like you want to work and care for others, which is just absolutely delightful. Look, thank, thank you. you to both of you for your time today. Um, and I know that it's a, it's a very unsettling time with COVID-19 around and you've voiced that concern about some of the people that you know living rough and on the streets at the moment. But thank you so much for your time and being part of this podcast series. Thanks to both of you. Good on you, John. Thank you. Thanks for having me. See you. To subscribe to a printed copy of Parody Magazine, visit chp.org.au forward slash parity. This podcast series has been developed by St Vincent's Health Australia. For more information about St Vincent's, visit www.svha.org.au. The music track for this podcast is called Slow Burn by Kevin MacLeod, host of incompetech.filmmusic.io and is licensed under the Creative Commons 4.0 by Attributions Licence. This information, information about our guests and more can be found in the text under the podcast description. Thanks for listening.